0: This is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in.
1: So I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase, actions speak louder than words. Like, for example, for my kids, if I say I want to be a part of their life, I want to deepen my relationship with them, but then I never hang out with them. Uh, I never listen to them. I never become interested in what they are doing. Uh, You'd be like, actions speak louder than words. Or if you're someone who's like, listen, this is the year that I'm going to get in better health. I'm going to rest. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to exercise. But then most of your evenings are characterized by you coming home, collapsing on the couch, crushing a bag of chips while you binge watch Netflix late into the night. You'd be like, actions speak louder than words. What about, what about when it comes to faith? Does, does faith, does a relationship with God sometimes land into that category that it seems to be a lot of words, but like, where's the action? Where is the the, the impact upon our lives? Maybe you're someone watching here today that you're kind of on the margins of faith. You're, you're kind of checking out Jesus and Christianity, but you've kind of struggled. That you look at the Bible and you think, that's just a lot of words. Like, like where is the action? Where, 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 Where is this reality of God's love for me in the midst of life? Hope this is a message for you that, that you start to see that when we speak about the Bible, when we speak about God, it's not just simply words, but faith becomes so much more than that. Or maybe you're someone who is a follower of Jesus, that, that you're like, yeah, like, I want him to be a part of my life. Hopefully, this is an opportunity for us to be reminded again that faith is seen in how we live, that that faith is not just simply a word. Faith is not just simply songs that we sing, but it begins to impact our life. Because I'm not really sure who coined the phrase, actions speak louder than words, But the more you get into the Bible, you start to see that this was something that God desires for us to know about him. For example, is the use of prophets in the Bible. I'm not sure how familiar you are with prophets, but oftentimes we think of prophets as the ones that God sends to to speak about coming events, either good or bad. They're going to give prophecy. And that's absolutely a part of what they do. But more than that, Oftentimes, what we see is prophets arriving on the scene in the Bible when things are not going well for God's people. And the prophet's primary purpose is not just simply to speak about future events, but rather ultimately to get people back on track, that they have been unfaithful, that they have walked away from the desires that God wants for them and to bring them back. And as God so often does when he sends prophets, it's not just simply with words, but with actions in order to convey these important messages. A few of my personal favorites, take Isaiah, for example. Isaiah was a prophet that that brought a message to the nation of Egypt and Cush. He was bringing a message of their pending shame because of the way that they were living. But Isaiah was told not just simply to speak the words, but to live it out. You know, for three years, he had to walk around naked and barefoot. like talk, talk about shameful. Talk about actions speaking louder than words. Or you, you jump into the, the example of Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel was coming to speak of the coming fate of Jerusalem, that because of their unfaithfulness, they were going to be bounded by the walls of the city, that they would not be permitted to go out or come in. Like This was going to be their lot. You know what Ezekiel had to do? He had to lie on his side for 390 days, more than a year, bounded by rope to represent what was about to happen to the city of Jerusalem. Yeah, I think that would get their attention. Why? Because actions speak louder than words. But as as incredible or as crazy or as unbelievable as the stories of Isaiah and Ezekiel, I think if Hosea were to walk into the room... It would be one of those mic drop moments in terms of what God asked him to do in terms of conveying this message to God's people. Hosea comes at a time in the nation of Israel at one of their lowest points. They they, they are ruled by just an, an absolutely evil, despicable king. And Israel had gone off the rails. They were proving to be unfaithful in following the ways of God. They were kind of ignoring the Ten Commandments. They were ignoring helping those around them. They were basically putting their trust in military might and alliances with other nations. They were chasing after other gods and sacrificing to other idols. And it got to a point where God is like, enough is enough. And he sends Hosea. But more than just with words, with actions to convey the critical message that God wanted these people to hear. So let's jump in. We're going to read a couple passages, starting in Hosea chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, and then we're going to jump into Hosea chapter 3. But just seriously, listen to this. This is in the Bible. This is what Hosea was asked to do. It blows my mind. I'm sure it will yours too. Hosea chapter 1, verse 2. It says, when the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So Hosea married Gomer. Then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. Then I said to her, You must live with me in my house for many days and stop your prostitution. During this time, you will not have sexual relations with anyone, not even with me. This shows that Israel go a long time without a king or prince and without sacrifices, sacred pillars, priests, or even idols. But afterward, the people will return and devote themselves to the Lord, their God, and to David's descendant, their king. In the last days, they will tremble in awe of the Lord and of his goodness. Okay, but like like seriously if you're new to the bible you're probably like thinking are you are you sure that's in there go go back and read it you see in the book of hosea the first three chapters basically demonstrate what hosea was asked to do it covers a span of 25 years and then the remaining 11 chapters basically goes into even greater detail but essentially hosea was asked to do this was to go find a woman to marry seems normal but knowing full well that she was going to be unfaithful. And, and not just sort of unfaithful, like really, really, really bad unfaithful. She was going to become a prostitute. She was going to bear children to other men. Like, and this was to demonstrate to the people of Israel's unfaithfulness to God. But then it gets even better or worse, depending upon how you look at it. God then tells Hosea, go and find your wife after she's been a prostitute, after she's been promiscuous, after she has been unfaithful. Find her, bring her back, and love her again. (laughs) If you're someone who knows Hosea, if you're like a family member, if you're a friend, if you're just like an innocent bystander and you hear what is happening, you're probably like, Hosea, what is wrong with you? This is absolutely ridiculous. Your wife has been shameful. Why are you being faithful? And that's exactly the point. There is such incredible imagery here. God wants his people to know that even though they are shameful he remains faithful actions speak louder than words and i love i love just the imagery of this reality of marriage like maybe you're someone who thinks that faith or or following jesus is about religion is about following the rules is about tit for tat a contract i do this god will do that 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 was never God's plan. That was never his intention. He views relationships with people as intimate and as committed as marriage. And yet, at times, we are unfaithful. You see, the nation of Israel had completely turned their back on God. And and, and he viewed it as, as essentially being spiritual adultery, them walking away. And ultimately, as Hosea had with Gomer, God had a choice to make with the nation of Israel. He could walk away, basically divorce himself from his people, or he could pursue him. The book of Hosea is an incredible book of hope, that absolutely there was anger from God. Absolutely there's going to be consequences for the unfaithfulness of the nation. But ultimately, ultimately, There was going to be restoration. The end of Hosea ends with these words in Hosea chapter 14. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have been brought down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. Assyria cannot save us, nor can our war horses. Never again will we say to the idols we have made, you are our gods in you alone do the orphans find mercy. The Lord says, then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. The book of Hosea demonstrates the scandal of grace. Grace is getting that which you do not deserve. There's no merit, there's no deserving, there's no favor. And and the grace of God is is even going beyond just giving a gift to someone who's been kind. It's stepping into the places of unfaithfulness. Stepping into the lives of those who have been shameful and God remains faithful. The book of Hosea is a wonderful message again that God's love is more powerful than Israel's sins. It's a book that reminds us that actions speak louder than words. This whole summer we've been doing a series called "Faithful and Flawed," and it's it's looked at different characters in the Bible and reminded us that in the midst of our flaws, in the midst of our brokenness, God remains faithful. And I don't think there could be a finer point put on this than in the example of Hosea. Hosea came and demonstrated in real time the incredible faithfulness of God in the midst of his people turning their back upon him. He pursued them. He restored them. He forgave them. He offered them this incredible gift of grace. So what does it mean for us? Maybe you're someone who looks at the Bible and thinks, okay, great, Joel, that was written thousands of years ago. What difference does it make in my life? The final words of Hosea are this. It says, let those who are wise understand these things. Let those who are with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Hosea is saying, make it personal. Understand that that these words, this example of Hosea, is not bound in time, but it is timeless. It's the timeless truth that God's love and character and faithfulness step into even the shamefulness of our sin. Hosea speaks of this ultimate hope, this coming Messiah, the one that that we know and we have experienced in the person of Jesus. If if you're someone who, who wonders about God's love, we turn to the cross. Have you ever ever wondered why the cross has become the symbol of Christianity? It reminds us, again, that actions speak louder than words. It it speaks to the depth of God's love for us. It reminds us that even though we have been shameful, God is faithful. That, That grace is not something we earn. Grace is not something we deserve. Grace is not something we just try harder to gain. It is a gift that God gives to us in the very same way that that Hosea pursued Gomer, in the very same way that God pursues Israel, is the very same way that God in Jesus pursues you and me. Maybe for some of you here today, that's exactly what you need to hear. Maybe you're someone who has been looking around and similarly to the nation of Israel, you have been trying to find your trust and your sense of hope and your identity in the things of this world. And Jesus is like knocking on the door saying, come to me, find your purpose, find your identity, find forgiveness in me. Or perhaps for some of us, we're at a place where we've made that commitment to Jesus. But let me ask you, has faith simply become a word? Remember, actions speak louder than words. I I have to think, what must it have been like For Gomer, after she had been unfaithful, after she had borne other children to other men, as she was now tied up in the the darkness of prostitution, her husband came and found her, bore the cost for her, and loved her. That, That had to been transformational. The same is true for us as followers of Jesus. Our lives are not lived in a way to earn God's love, to earn this grace. It is lived in response. In a moment, we're gonna turn to communion. It's why we we celebrate communion. We, we, We take symbols of the cup and of bread because actions speak louder than words to remind us of the scandal of grace, of the goodness of God's love for us. So the two questions I leave with you today is the first one is this. Have you received this grace? Have you truly received it in the midst of your life? And then the follow-up question is this. In what ways is faith evidenced in your life? Because actions speak louder than words. As we conclude, we're going to celebrate something that Jesus instituted over 2,000 years ago. It's the breaking of bread and the drinking from the cup, a symbol of God's grace, of Jesus' forgiveness for you and for me. While Jesus was with his disciples, on the night he was about to be arrested, betrayed, beaten, spit upon, the following day crucified, he took bread and he broke it and he says, this is my body which shall be broken for all of you. Take this and eat this in remembrance of me. The Bible tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. So may we come and receive the body of Christ broken for you and for me. Let us celebrate together. In the same way, Jesus then took the cup and said, This cup is a new covenant which shall be sealed with my blood. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of one's sins. Therefore, when you drink from this cup, do so in remembrance of me. Friends, the cup of Christ shed for you and for me. Let us celebrate together. This week, as you think of where you are, remember actions speak louder than words. My prayer is that you would experience the actions of God in Jesus. That that step beyond just just me telling you about him, but that you would make it personal. If you're in a place where where you would like to make that decision and say, yeah, I want to know more about what does it look like to have Jesus as a part of my life, as I mentioned in the welcome, there's, there's going to be a celebration of baptism in, in a few weeks and this is a great step forward where someone says, I have received this gift of grace and it's going to guide me all of my life. I would love to chat further with you. Send me an email. We can connect in the coming days and weeks. And for all of us, may we begin to ask the question, does my faith show up simply in my words or in the actions of my life? Take it to heart. Too often, like the nation of Israel, we can pursue the things of this world and we can get off track with God. May we turn our focus back to Jesus, back to the cross. Follow him in all that we do so that our life becomes a response to following him. Let me pray as we conclude. And so, gracious God, I just thank you again for the gift of grace. Uh, A gift that at times seems reckless as you relentlessly pursue us with your love. May we dwell on the fact that even while we are shameful, you remain faithful. And so may we come to you with a sense of hope and joy, not not pushed along by guilt, but just an acknowledgement of your love for us. May we live our lives this week in a way that 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 reveals this incredible gift that you've given to us. For we ask it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now may the blessing and love of God, the Father Almighty, the grace, the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen.
0: It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, Paris Presb, P-R-E-S-B.ca.